The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Now, did that feel amazing or what? Please know that's what she says. I'm talking about the Royals. This is your dish for game two against Toronto. It's Davo excited about a six to one Royals victory as KC now guarantees itself a winning season series against Toronto. They go to four and one against the Jays with two games to go. They also guarantee no worse than a split. In this four-game set that, let's be honest, 90% of people probably figure the Royals would lose three out of four in. Well, they've guaranteed themselves a split, and they've got a pretty darn good chance at winning this series. We'll discuss that a bit later as the Blue Jays have changed their starting pitcher for tomorrow. But tonight, all in all, just a great night to be a Royals fan. This is the kind of game we imagined at the end of last year, going into the winter, going into spring training, going into April, going into May. We imagine this kind of night where the starting pitcher does the job against a very good offensive team. Toronto as hot as anybody coming in. But Jason Vargas, yeah, he gave up some base runners, but he did a fantastic job of pitching around him. You had timely hitting, nice at-bats from the offense, including a couple of two-run homers each from Alex Gordon and Lorenzo Cain. Cain finished with four RBIs, three hits. Billy Butler, also three hits tonight. And how about Noriaoki tonight? A couple of knocks. He drove a ball into the right center gap for a ground roll double. Would have been a triple. That's the most authority we've seen him hit a ball all season there against Jay Happ as Nori did that. So much better at bats for the Royals tonight and last night. And it, you know, come on. You and I both know it can't all be because of Dale Swain. Probably it can't be the you know more than about 10% because of Dale Swain. But was it mentally just such a burden on the Royals having Grafal and and feeling, you know, pressing so hard and feeling like it was the players' fault. Did it help the players getting rid of the hitting coach? So did it kind of just take a, a burden off of them where they could say, okay, we've got a fresh start, now we can hit? I mean, is it that simple? Probably not. It's probably just sample size. Or the Royals, the first month and a half, had a small sample size in the grand scheme of a full season, weren't hitting well. And now we've seen a very small sample size, them hitting better. I think it's probably obviously somewhere between where the Royals were hitting and where they've been the last couple of nights. But Either way, it's good to see. We keep hearing Dale Swaim say one word, elevation. As in, wait for the ball to be elevated and swing until there's two strikes on you. Then start, you know, opening up and emergency hacking and protecting the plate a little bit more. But until then, wait for that ball to be elevated. The Royals have been doing that. It's so simple. But all year we've been talking about it. But they've been doing it. Is, is it because of Dale Swaim, a new voice? Probably not. But gosh, you have to wonder, don't you? After last year, the same thing happened in two games. Already the Royals do it again, and, and I think they'll do it again tomorrow. We'll talk more about that. I'm giddy to talk about tomorrow, by the way. I have a weird good feeling about tomorrow. But let's also talk plenty about Jason Vargas first. You can't say enough about the guy tonight, can you? Like we mentioned, Toronto left a lot of you know guys on base. Starting with that first inning, they got the leadoff triple from Jose Reyes, but Vargas was able to pitch out of it with no runs coming in. Then they kind of settled down there for a couple of innings. Toronto had a questionable approach, I thought. I thought they were trying to pull everything. It was pretty obvious. They were kind of trying to crowd and take those breaking pitches away and pull them, reach out and slap them to left field. It didn't work at all. As Vargas you know, caught on to that, his game plan was to stay away with breaking stuff, and it worked. Six innings, one run, seven hits, seven strikeouts for Vargas, three walks. He was nails tonight. That's all there is. I mean, he's facing a, a great hitting team right now, a smoking hot hitting team right now. So, you know, he had some base runners on. 
It wasn't a Hall of Fame type effort, but it sure was a damn good start tonight from Jason Vargas. Hell of a game. Very excited about that. Now, also big for Kelvin Herrera to come in. Aaron Crow was a bit shaky. He had a couple of base runners on there in the seventh. He got through it, though, after, what, 26 pitches? But Kelvin Herrera came in, threw 47 pitches and in two innings, saved the bullpen, which is huge for tomorrow. He finished the last two, got the Royals a nice 6-1 to victory over Toronto. Now, th- let's talk about tomorrow. The Royals can go for the series win. With Aaron Brooks, now you think, Aaron Brooks, the guy that got lit up, was it six runs in the ninth inning against the Tigers? Aaron Brooks, who, yeah, Davo has a nice three-and-a-half ERA in Omaha, but he's not striking anybody out down there. I hear you. But the Royals are facing 23-year-old right-hander Marcus Stroman. Now, granted, he is a much bigger prospect than Aaron Brooks. Probably has better stuff. Probably will have a better major league career. Stroman was scratched from his start in Buffalo yesterday, and... You know, it was going to be Drew Hutchinson the Royals face tomorrow, but he's coming off his roughest start of the year, coming off Tommy John. Looks as if there's a 95% chance the Jays are skipping Hutchinson and going tomorrow with Stroman. So Stroman's 23, just called out from Buffalo. He's appeared in five games this year at the Major League level, and it wasn't pretty. His last outing was May 14th, so he's been down for his last couple starts there in Buffalo. But six and a third this year for Stroman in five outings, 12-7-9 ERA. That's nine runs and six in the third innings with 13 hits, one walk, and just a few strikeouts. Opposing hitters are batting 419 against Stroman. Sample size, I hear you. I hear you. But you could also argue the same thing for Aaron Brooks, couldn't you? In my mind, eh, tomorrow's not quite a coin flip for the Royals. You've got to favor the Blue Jays who are playing at home, whose offense is still better than the Royals. You know, they're still the hotter team coming in, but maybe they're cooling off now. They've been hot for three weeks now. Maybe the Royals are catching them at the right time. I just want to split these next two and get out of town with three out of four. God, would you not be on cloud nine if we could take three out of four in this series? It could really, really hopefully get things turned around. We talked coming into this series how if you lose three out of four, the season's almost gotten away from you. Well, as things are now, the Royals have already guaranteed that's not going to happen which is, saves them a two-game swing. Every time you lose an extra game, it's a two-game swing. So that saves them a rough two-game swing where, you know, had you lost three out of four, you're six under. Now you, you know, lose two out of four, you're four under. But if you win one of the next two, you get out of town at two under. And how big would two under be going into St. Louis for a couple, then back home, a team the Royals match up with pretty well. So let's just focus on tomorrow first. Between the two games, I don't know. Which one do you think we have a better chance in? Tomorrow against Stroman or with Guthrie and Burley on Sunday? The way Burley's been going, I almost feel like tomorrow, you know, with the Royals having their whole bullpen available outside of Kelvin Herrera, they've got a better bullpen than Toronto. If you could somehow get five innings, maybe three or four runs out of Aaron Brooks and hopefully do the same against Stroman, kind of make it a three to three, four to four, or a five to four, four to three type game going into the middle innings. I like our chances tomorrow if we can get to that point with, you know, guys like Wade Davis fully available and Greg Holland fully available. And you could get an inning out of Crow if you needed to. You could obviously, um, you know, got Lewis Coleman. So I don't want to say Tim Collins because he's been just making me nervous lately. And I'm, I don't like it when he comes in, especially with all these right-handed hitters there in Toronto. But the point being, we've got a better bullpen. I just have a weird feeling about tomorrow. I almost feel like we might have a better chance at winning tomorrow because the pitching matchup is just kind of equally bad for both teams, at least in a limited number of stats at the major league level that we have for both. And, and then, of course, we know about Jeremy Guthrie's struggles with the home run ball, with the hot Toronto lineup, and we know how good Burley's been. So, you, you know, we could win on Sunday, definitely, but it's not a game that you would put a bet in on. 
not that you would tomorrow, but the point being, you like to think tomorrow is a near coin toss game, and if we could somehow pull that one out, God, Sunday would be the definition of a gravy game, if I've ever seen one. If you win the first three, Sunday it's just completely a gravy game. Lose tomorrow, Sunday's an important game, because you, you, know, you kind of want to win the series now that you win the first two. One other thing about tomorrow, you got to wonder what the lineup will be. I'm assuming you'll see Gerard Dyson in center field. We've heard Ned Yost say he wants to give Lorenzo Cain one game off in this series. Obviously, you're not going to start Dyson against a tough lefty Burley, I wouldn't think. So I would think you'd see Dyson in there tomorrow, although it's almost... How do you take Cain's bat out of the lineup? It's almost impossible, isn't it? The way he's hitting lately after the four RBIs tonight, a two-run shot. So I don't know. Maybe Cain's out there again tomorrow. You would think Brett Hayes probably catches tomorrow with Brooks on the hill, wouldn't you? Because you've got Salvi on Sunday then. So I, I would almost think you have at least two reserves on there. A slight chance we could see Pedro Siriaco starting at second base. I know Ned wanted to give Omar at least two games off in the series. Obviously now it's going to be one. He's not going to sit him two days in a row. But So it's just something to think about. There's a few guys there. I would imagine at least one of those three, probably two of them, will not be in the lineup tomorrow. We'll see how that impacts the game. As the Royals hopefully can win three out of four already. How cool would that be? We'll hope for the best. Aaron Brooks, what do we think about Aaron Brooks tomorrow real quick here? I don't know. At least he's right-handed. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel a little bit better about him, you know, with, with his stuff at least being right-handed. I wouldn't like a, you know, a Justin Marks type guy. I would not like that matchup tomorrow. Not that I love the Brooks matchup. We'll hope for the best. He's a good kid. We'll see what he can do tomorrow. It's one of those games you just sit back and enjoy it. Should be a fun game. Probably going to be a lot of runs scored tomorrow, and we'll hope the Royals can score seven or eight because it's probably going to take seven to eight runs to win the game tomorrow. We'll talk to you again about that one tomorrow. Until then, enjoy your Friday night. Make sure you listen to the Steve Busby interview, which is now you know published here on Clubhouse Conversation. Enjoy that one, and we'll talk more tomorrow. Good night.